This is Inner Healing Paths podcast. Here we discuss the healing of the mind, body, soul, and spirit through a variety of different paths. We have emotional and spiritually minded conversations centering on ancestral healing, psychology, astrology, yoga, meditation, magic, and indigenous spiritual practices of the world. I am your host, Rosa Shetty, and I am so happy you are here. Welcome. Welcome back to Inner Healing Paths. I am your host, Rosa, and this episode is with the wonderful Asha Frost. Asha is a medicine woman, a healer, a spiritual mentor, and a writer. She is um, so wise and she was so generous in sharing all of her wisdom with us. So Asha talks about some of her childhood memories and uh, specifically how she communicated with her ancestors at a very young age and how over time this was lost and the steps that she took to reclaim this medicine, to reclaim her gifts. Asha has a brand new book coming up. It's titled You Are the Medicine. So she shares about her book and everything that went into manifesting this this amazing work and if you feel called to please check it out it is available on amazon on pre-sale and it will be officially out after march 15th so let's all support her and if you find this conversation encouraging and helpful on your journey please leave us a review as you know this really helps boost our presence here on apple podcast so without further ado here's the interview with asha frost take a listen Hi. Hi, Asha. Hi. Hi. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for your time, for, for taking the time to be here and to share with me and with our listeners. So to get started, um, for those of you that, um, I'm sorry, for our listeners that are not familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about where you're from and the healing work that you do? Sure. So um, I am from Neishengangaming, which is um, called Cape Croker, and my ancestors are from all of the lands across what is now known as Ontario. I'm Anishinaabe, and my spirit name is She Who Walks with the Thunderbirds. And um, that's sort of, I guess, who I am and the lands that I'm connected to. I'm coming from the lands of the Anishinaabe here on Wendat and Haudenosaunee peoples. And as an Anishinaabe woman, and medicine person, um, I guess I guess I, I identify with my connection to spirit and my ancestors and all of the beings and the healing work that I do in the world. I have been a healer for two decades in private practice, and then I moved my healing online to a global membership. And a lot of it is in the energetic realms. I was a homeopath for many years, for about 15 years in a private practice, and then um, moved some medicine work into that, into sort of seeing clients one-on-one, and then group. So it just kind of got bigger and bigger. um, And I love working with energetic medicine in group settings. That's like my favorite thing to do in circle work. yeah, so it's it's sort of like the energy realms, and I was a homeopath, and then uh, working with spirit and the ancestral medicine is my jam. It's like my favorite thing to do. Wow, it's so fascinating. And and how did you even get started in this spirit realm? You know, how did um how did 
Yeah, how did you get introduced to that? And I know you mentioned being a homeopathic, but it sounds like your work is um, shifted a bit, right? And in, in, mm-hmm. in how it started and then what has become. How did that initiation happen for you, getting introduced to the spirit realm? Mm, well, I think I was always connected as a child. I would have ancestors come and visit me in my room and it would freak me out. You know, I'd have these dark figures. Well, they appeared as dark um, and I wouldn't know who was coming or why they were coming um, until I got a little bit older. So I would be, I was also a dreamer and I was highly sensitive as I think some people can relate to that. So just feeling everything, knowing what people were thinking and feeling before they shared it or they wouldn't share it. Um, kind of a healer in my environment of that I want to say it's almost like a hypervigilance and sensitive to energy, right? Of like what's going on, um, probably to provide a little bit of safety in my own system because I felt so deeply. So that's how it started. And then I got sick when I was 17. I was diagnosed with lupus. And that was sort of a wake up call for me of like, because I was colonized, my grandparents were in a residential school and um, the, our way of thinking and being, I mean, even though the indigenous thread of that was like underneath everything, it was lost and, and forgotten and suppressed and oppressed with the attempted genocide of our people. So um, at 17, something, something was like sparked inside of me, like there's some remembering here and come back to the earth, come back to your ancestors teachings, come back to the spirit world, even though the, the Catholic Church ultimately had taken a lot of those things from my lineage, um, it started this whole journey of reclamation and it was already there. Like I was that, that child sensitive self who was seeing ancestors in spirit. It was already there. It was just not quite uncovered yet. So that was the beginning of that. And really it was about going on a journey to heal myself. And through that journey, I've met incredible healers and teachers and wisdom keepers, um, that have helped me unlock my own wisdom. And in that, then it becomes teachings, then it becomes things I wanna share with the world, but it really comes down to how can I heal myself? How can I heal my body? What do I need to remember so that I can walk in the best way that I know how? Uh, you know, it was um, one thing that you mentioned right now is through your own healing. And, and I think that's um, for a lot of folks that get in, you know, that become healers or any any type of healing work that they do a lot of times is with that intention to heal themselves, whether emotionally, mm-hmm. physically, or, um, you know, it's, or both, right? So I think it's definitely a window, you know, in terms of finding our calling right Mm -hmm. is is i need to heal myself and then we stumble upon this fascinating field and we delve in and i in coming from that place you know as a therapist um i think very much my journey as a therapist started with trying to understand you know what has happened to me what and make sense of uh, the emotional effects of my childhood and you know all that and i feel that so many healers regardless of the background and what they specifically do it's a window, right? It's a window to your healing and a window to your calling and the mm-hmm. gifts and to share your gifts, right? Because ultimately we have gifts to share because of what we went through. Yes, I agree. Yeah. yeah. So can you tell, um, tell or share with us a little bit about, I know you have a book out and there's another one coming, right? You have a, a new book coming no this is yeah this is a new it's oh, my this first is, book this yeah. is your first book this is, oh. the, this is it yeah the copy that i have is one of the galley copies like oh, the public yeah they sent it to me so um i have like one in my hands but it's not the final copy it's not public it's not coming out till march 15th 
Oh, okay. I thought you already had a book out. This was your second one. So, well, this is like a big deal. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Tell us about your your journey in writing this book and, and tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So it's called You Are the Medicine. And it actually started from um, a dream. I think I had a dream when I was in my early 20s of being a Hay House author. I just thought, oh, I just, I learned so much from the books and the decks and all of those things. And um, of course, there was nobody on the stage that looked like me and I couldn't relate. There was a lack of diversity in the folks that I was seeing sharing. But there was still some sort of seed planted, like I could do that. Like I just felt like I could see myself on there, even though there wasn't anybody that looked like me. So that was my early 20s. And then, um, I, you know, that dream just kind of put, I put it in the corner for a while. And then there became an opportunity where they had a diversity initiative and they were asking for submissions, like essay submissions, to um, get a spot to their writer's workshop. And I thought, oh, well, this is a really great opportunity, like just to see what happens. So I wrote, um, I wrote an essay and it was based on a letter that I had written that had gone viral called Dear White Woman Who Wants to Be Like Me. And so it was written sort of similarly to that energy because that had gone viral and it was really like, it just shook things up a little bit for communities. And um, and then I got a spot. So it was like, there was like 160 submissions and like 15 spots and I got a spot to go to the writer's workshop and I took the weekend. And then when I got home, I'm like, I'm doing, I'm gonna put everything into this proposal because I want, I want this. So I spent about seven months writing the book proposal and um, the framework of how I wanted it all to be laid out. And then um, the day before my birthday, and tw- I guess that was 2020, I got a call and they said, you got a book deal. And oh, amazing. Um, yeah, it was so good. So that was so, so exciting. Oh my goodness. So yeah, no, well, congratulations. I mean, yeah. it's a big deal, especially for such a big publishing house, right? And, and I'm so glad that they're making an effort to be more uh, diverse and inclusive of other voices right amplifying other voices from different backgrounds and so so excited for for your book the title sounds amazing by the way I already want to read it (laughs) just with that title so tell us a little bit about uh you know your book and and what you know what what went into to doing this and what inspired you for this book yeah, it's so I really, I wanted to indigenize, like really indigenize it because because I've read so many Hay House books and use the decks and all of those things, I realized there was just parts missing that didn't reflect me or my way of knowing and being. So I put storytelling really at, at the forefront. Um, when I was a kid, my mom used to read this book called uh, Tales of Nokomis and Nokomis means grandmother in our language. And it was like, all of the animals were alive. All of the plants were alive. There was just this like beautiful energy. And I thought, I want to infuse that into my book. So there's some legends in my book that probably you wouldn't necessarily expect from a Hay House book, but it weaves together some legends that really show that um, all of creation is our kin. So there's that teaching from like a kind of a gentle way. Um, And then, you know, there's journeying because I love to do journeying and it's based on the 13 moons. So there's 13 moon cycles in our year, even though there's not necessarily always 13 full moons in our Ojibwe teachings, those 13 full moons are called different names as some folks might know, you know, sometimes you hear the wolf moon or the pink moon or all those names. These are based on the lands that my ancestors are from and what was happening at that time 
um, whether it's harvesting or planting or the animals that were coming out. So it's based on those moon names um, and then an animal spirit. So I have an animal spirit associated with each of the moons and there was a teaching. So it's it's very like this is the moon of January and this is the animal that goes with it. And then this is the story. And this I mean, my invitation is just to help you remember something about yourself. And I, I got really clear this week about what is the purpose? What is the spirit of this book? And I want folks, I want it to bring tears to people's eyes. I want them to remember who they are. And that sounds maybe a little fluffy, but I realized like after so much that I poured into that, if I've done that, then I've done my job. If people like are connected to it and they have tears rise up that remembers a part of their divinity, then, then I've done my job. And and it sounds, I mean, I mean, for what you shared, it just sounds like it was such a personal and intimate um, expression of, because you mentioned this, these are some of the stories that you grew up with. I mean, yeah. it, you're sharing your medicine, essentially, you're sharing what, um, what your, your ancestors medicine with, with everyone. It's, it's such a, I mean, that could be a very it's a very intimate thing to share, right? Your ancestors okay. medicine that was given on to you. Did you, do you ever, um, did you ever feel as you're writing this book, did you ever feel like wanting to shut down and not share it? And, you know, there's, a, I always, I hear a lot from, from folks that are, you know, putting themselves out there through books or um, through, you know, other, other ways that sometimes there's a part within them that just wants to share it. And, you know, and then there's the other part that, but this is so intimate. This is my, you know, my, my grandmother's, you know, sayings and, and they want to shut down. So it's like this, back and forth of wanting to be seen and then wanting to hide yes. I, did that happen to you when you were writing this book I mean it just sounds so personal you know with sharing your 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 family's and ancestors medicine yes I think yes it did and the interesting thing when it happened was there's two chapters of the book that speak about intergenerational harm and residential school trauma and that's when it happened because I was thinking, why am I not experiencing writer's block? This is like, it's flowing, it's flowing. And then all of a sudden it just stopped. Um, and it was like, why can't I get these words out? Or how am I, maybe it just felt like a lot of responsibility. How am I gonna speak this in a way that is gonna land for people? Um, because that's the thing with indigenous trauma too. It's like, there's so much looking away. So are people that are going to be, are they gonna be able to stay engaged with the truth? And that's what happened for these two chapters. I just got blocked. And it's interesting because I was doing some healing work at the time and the facilitator said, there are forces beyond this, beyond your mind be it, that are trying to stop these words from coming out. It's just, you know, forces that are greater than us that are trying to stop this. And that, that spoke to me because I thought, I'm not sure why this is happening. It's beyond me. So um, yeah, it was, it was more related to that versus like sharing, I'm really conscious and aware that a lot of what I share here is channeled from these beings that I call the grandmothers. Um, so it's, it is sharing some of the things that have been passed down, but it's mostly my own spirit connection to, to the ancestors that live in the spirit world and creation. Um, so that part doesn't feel as vulnerable, but the truth part, those pieces and being a vehicle for sharing the truth does feel very vulnerable. Wow. That's so beautiful. And, and you know, you said uh, the grandmothers. Mm -hmm. I I just I resonate with that because when I connect with my ancestors, <clears throat> I say my abuelitas, you know, um, in Spanish, uh, grandmothers, 
and I just talked to all of them, you know, my abuelita. So I just, I just felt that. And, and I absolutely feel that, you know, uh, sometimes our fear, you know, blocks, you know, it sounds like there was a moment where you felt that fear and it's like, what's out there and fear definitely blocks that this, the medicine, right. To flow through. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it's such a beautiful, I mean, you just said that and I'm just like, wow, <laughs> we're definitely on the same wavelength here. It's, um, it's one of those things where you realize how much our ancestors actually want this to be shared. And because, you know, this is thousands of, of years back, this is not just our recent ancestors, right? This is medicine that has been, um, I think, you know, you said, pushed away, suppressed, you know attempted to just completely erase you know Mm -hmm. from the planet so this is coming back now and I think all of our ancestors are so happy that so many of us are waking up to this remembrance right and and sharing it with the world yeah yeah and it's part of our I mean it's part of this it's in our DNA it's in our blood it's in our bones it's like we are part of a greater part of that history and perhaps maybe we're meant to be the voices to bring what needs to be seen from them forward. So I love how you phrase that. Yeah, and you know, and I, and I it's just even in social media, right, there seems to be a hunger for a lot of the younger generations uh, to know about this, to, to read about it, to hear about it. There's a reflection happening. Uh, uh, maybe not, not many of them are engaging in ancestral healing work or connecting deeply with their ancestors, but they're thinking about it, right? There's mm-hmm. the, the awareness of it now is that it's becoming, I don't want to say mainstream, but it's becoming a little bit more known. Mm-hmm. I, know, I've, I don't know if you've noticed that too. Oh, yes. I think, I mean, I've been doing this work for, again, almost two decades and um, only recently, maybe the last five years, it's it has become like a hashtag or like a, like a thing, right? So I can see that for sure. And I think, um, I think that's a good thing. I love that people want to be more connected to their roots. Absolutely. And, and I feel that it's, it's needed, right? Mm-hmm. It, what people are, are, they're, they're trying to heal, right? Like we were saying at the beginning, it's this, this part within them that wants to heal. And some of them may not even know, you know, you had a very clear idea as to what you need to heal physically and, you know, or emotionally, you know, but some folks, some younger, maybe younger um, folks, they don't really know, but they have this part within them that says something is not right. There's, or, or they just, gravitate to this and they don't even know why right it's and I see that as spirit calling them you know calling them back to to reconnect to remember that they they carry the medicine yeah Yeah. and uh, I'm just curious you know so my my podcast is called inner healing paths and and that's because there's so many paths that, that lead to healing and from your perspective and Rina, from the path that you walk, how, how does healing happen? And I'm talking like emotional, you know, that or, and physical, that holistic healing. How, how do you see healing happen from, from your line of work or from your perspective? I mean, I think I've very viscerally seen how homeopathic remedies have helped healing happen. And I think that happens as a remembering again, you know, this um, energetic frequency or vibration that matches the person to help them come back to the truth of who they are i know yeah sometimes it doesn't sound you know very scientific but i've seen it in my own life with lupus and taking remedies when i haven't been able to walk or put my socks on or bend my arms or just been in really excruciating pain and somehow the right remedy will 
will reweave something within my system and say, come home to this vital force that you know is that healing energy. So I do believe we all have that vital force. I've seen it in thousands of people who have sat before me, like this pulse of, it looks like a pulse of divine frequency, I guess. Um, and then wounds and trauma and all the things kind of cause like a, a shakeup of that. So how can we bring it back into harmony um, the best that we can. I also, I see a lot of um, coming back to compassion because I think that our, our world has a lot of shame. Um, and and it, shame can even be threaded through healing practices, right? Like you're not enough. So I think that whole you're not broken truth is so important when we're doing healing and coming back to that, that in your shadow, in your darkness, in your, all of that is medicine too. All of that is needed and necessary and should not be shamed. Um, it should just be seen. So I think validation, acknowledgement, holding space for all of the parts um, is so important. Um, I mean, that's, I guess that's what I've experienced. And I know I'm not, not the type of person to be like, my way is the right way. I always say like, take what resonates, right? And leave the rest. Yeah, absolutely. But that really resonates with me and, and just my approach, you know, as uh, coming as a therapist, you know, I, I like you said, it, the, the, the darker parts within us, shame and fear. And, you know, because of the result of trauma and wounding, you know, these parts have been, um, have been at the forefront. But you know, uh, so many, uh, so many times looking at these parts and connecting with this, these darker parts or these difficult parts is where um, transformation happens, right? By looking at these and sitting with the discomfort, sometimes the energy of, of these, because th these parts just want to be seen and validated. They, sometimes when we actually look at them and connect with them, they actually lessen or soften, I should say. Mm -hmm. They soften the the force in our everyday lives. So that's, yeah, absolutely what you said just resonates. And I think it resonates with so many, so many folks because so many times we do try to run away from these big, scary, dark emotions. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that that's where the window, the, a window, right? A window to, to healing can be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for sharing that. And, and when it comes to just uh, your everyday practice, I know some listeners, they, they love to hear what, what healers do in, in, in terms of everyday things to, to help yourself and to maintain, you know, your strength. What are some of the things that, that you do that help you just day to day that help you stay grounded, stay connected to your medicine? Yeah, I love, I mean, I love salt baths. That's something that's essential from a very basic self-care place is like, I need to take a salt bath every day. It's, it's everything for me. And mostly because I think that energy hygiene piece, like I'm very sensitive and I pick up a lot of the collective energy. So clearing constantly, I think is like really, I'm not obsessive about it, but you know, I'll do my smudge in the morning with my sage and my sweet grass. Um, I do that throughout the day sometimes if things are getting heavier, if I'm working with like a bigger group and then taking that self bath at the end of the day that just like helps to clear all of it from me and just I see it soaking out of my my system. So those things are important. Being outside on the earth is just like that daily walk, you know, is really important. Um, I've got two young children, so sometimes it's loud here and I need a lot of quiet um, for reflection and just to, to process a lot of the things that are happening for me. So I'd say that those things are really important. And in the past year and a bit, I've been really focused on like some somatic nervous system practices because 
I find that being embodied, like actually shaking or breath work or um, giving space to things is just essential because things get trapped very easily in my in my cells and my body. So I, I'm just so much more aware now in the moment when that's happening. So it doesn't turn into illness. Um, that's for me, at least um, if I don't if I don't tend to it, then it starts to build up. So I do a lot of shaking. That's great. I mean, that is, I mean, I've, I've read a lot about it and it's so powerful because you're literally shifting your energy, getting the, the stuck energy moving, flowing, right? And which is what so many um, paths and healings are about, like uh, acupuncture, right? It's about shifting energy, moving, the, getting the energy moving. So I've read so much about just dance and movement and shaking specifically how that is so activating for your nervous system it kind of wakes it mm -hmm. up so your energy can flow and literally you shake it off right yeah. literally that's yeah um and then this, you mentioned salt bath so that's so interesting do you just you mean like just um just epsom salt or or what type of salt yeah, I use um, sometimes like the dead sea salt or the pink salt oh, um, oh, or oh. Um, magnesium flakes is my absolute favorite. Actually, that's my favorite um, because your, your skin soaks that up and that magnesium just calms right and helps. Mm. So I will use anything that I have, but I definitely I need to use something earthy in the water to to pull out, whether it's clay or salt or flakes like magnesium minerals. Um, that just feels really, really important to staying well. Oh, thank you for that. I'm going to try that. I haven't done that, but it makes sense, right? To It's very cleansing and, and energetically too, right? I yeah. could see that. Okay. Thank you for that tip. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm also a mom and I could, I, I know it's, you know, life gets, um, it gets, you know, loud, right? There's so much happening that needs to be tended to, of course, and this is our life. So it's, it's hard to find that harmony with, um, taking care of yourself, staying grounded, staying, uh, you know, staying focused on your healing work, the work that you need and take care of little ones. You know, it's, it's, it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, no. So I admire you in, in writing that book in the midst of that. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. I will say writing that book, writing this book during a pandemic, like when we went into lockdown here, my, my littlest was only two. And I remember I remember just like thinking, how am I going to write this? Because, and we've been in lockdown here where I am like a lot and there hasn't been that. That's the one thing I, I grieve a little bit that I haven't been able to go to like a cafe to write or go away somewhere that just felt like romantic somehow, you know, it was just like literally on my, at my kitchen table with my kids throwing, I don't know, Play-Doh and slime at each other. So it's, um it's definitely yeah. a different experience. I hope I have another chance to write another book and then you it'll will. be different you will yeah absolutely you know i've heard this um, i was listening to another podcast and uh, a couple of authors they wrote a book together and they mentioned the same thing that they had this idea that they were going to rent like a little cabin in the mountains and it's a couple that they wrote a book together so they they're, they had this you know idea of renting a cabin going to the mountains for like a couple of weeks and writing in nature and you know they had this this whole plan and of course the pandemic hit and that was just out the window and it was just you know all the chaos that happened so I I, I think you, you will you'll have a chance to to make that dream of writing in you know in in a cabin somewhere or in nature it yes. will come true yeah oh thank you 
Absolutely. Well, this was such a lovely conversation and I, I really appreciate the, the wisdom that you shared with us. Your book sounds amazing and I can't wait to, to get my hands on it. I, I love books. I love Hay House too. And, and I'm so glad that they're making an effort to be more inclusive or at least to amplify other voices, right? Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Rosa. It's been yeah. such a pleasure. Of course, of course. And for the folks that would love to get to know you a little bit more um, and just learn more about the work that you do, how can they find you? Well, I'm on Instagram probably the most often. So it's asha.frost on Instagram. And um, for the, my website's ashafrost.com. And then for the book, I do have this like free gift um, of a ceremony guide that goes along with it. So if you wanted to pre-order and get the gift, you can go to youarethemedicinebook.com. Amazing. Thank you. And I'll include it in the show notes too. So oh, folks can you. just click on it. Sounds great. Well, Asha, I would love to have you back some other time to talk again about all these things that, that we talked about today. Just, there's so much to, to share right about this. We could talk about this forever. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. So we'd love to have you back in the future, but thanks again and, and hope to talk to you soon. I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope that you found it healing and nourishing to your mind and soul. If there's a friend that you think would benefit from listening to this information, please share it. Share about our podcast. If you feel called to, please leave us a review as this really, really helps boost our presence here in Apple Podcasts and it makes it easier for others to find us. To stay up to date on new episode releases and special events and projects that I'm working on, you can follow us on Instagram at Inner Healing Paths Podcast, and you can subscribe to my newsletter by going to my website, which is rosashettylcsw.com, and I will include this information and links in the show notes. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to sharing with you again next time.